as artificial intelligence continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation that we can't ignore, AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. With over 750 specialized hackers in their community, HackerOne isn't just theorizing. They're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large organization, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI dash safety dash security. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI dash safety dash security. This episode is supported by Trustonomy, an original podcast from OneTrust. Every good relationship you have, personal or business, it involves trust. But we all know that trust doesn't just happen, right? We've all lost trust in a friend or a brand or a product. Trustonomy is a new podcast that looks at true stories from the past to understand how trust works and what makes it stronger and how to rebuild it when it's broken. Now, you know, I'm a sucker for a good podcast that weaves historical stories and relates it to what's happening today. So I thoroughly enjoyed this Trustonomy episode and recommend that you check that out as well. Search for Trustonomy in your podcast player. We'll also include a link in the show notes. Many thanks to the OneTrust team for their support. This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com forward slash rocketchipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. Welcome to Rocketship FM. This is Michael Sacco. I'm Matt Goldman. And I'm Joelle Steiniger. Today on the podcast, we talked with Ian Height, co-founder and CEO of House Call. This was a really interesting call. Um, what was the most surprising thing um, in their early marketing to you that he talked about? Two things really stuck out to me. One is that they actually fulfilled services themselves. So if they didn't have a vendor that was able to come, say, set up the Wi-Fi at your house... They showed up at your door and, and did it themselves, CEO and all. Um, and then the other thing they did that was really funny, actually, is um, around Christmas time, they dressed up like giant elves and went door to door delivering Christmas trees. What, what was something that you guys would use with Hookfeed that, um, that he talked about today? I think just seeing the hustle that they put into it. It's rare that you see a company willing to really do whatever it takes and 
They're a San Diego company, so we see them around at tech events and they never stop working. They're always hustling, always trying to get one more user. There's just a total dedication to to their goals. Yeah, I remember going to a dinner with um, Ian and he definitely stood out as one of the brightest in the room um, and extremely opinionated, but you learned a lot when you sat down with him, which was, was it's a rare quality. Yeah, so uh, let's get into the interview. We'd like to take a moment to thank our awesome sponsors. CodeShip makes continuous delivery simple and easy. Go to CodeShip.com slash Rocketship to get 20% off three months. Customer.io is a modern email platform built for startups. Go to Customer.io slash Rocketship to start sending emails that convert. We'd also like to thank Envision app. Envision is by far the best prototyping and collaboration tool on the market. I can personally say I can't imagine delivering another design comp without it. It made collaborating with our entire team incredibly easy, and the annotation tool alone saved us hours of back and forth. Go to envisionapp.com forward slash rocketship and sign up to get their starter plan free for 90 days. So house call, uh, probably the best way to describe it, also kind of the worst way is um, it's like Uber and Angie of Angie's List got together, have a baby. Uh, that's what we made, uh, but maybe a little bit more specifically. It's just an app on your Android or your iPhone that allows you to book, pay for, do the whole workflow process of um, anything that you might need to get done in your house. So if you need a plumber and your toilet is literally overflowing right now, um, House Call can get you a plumber to come to your house immediately. Uh, and that plumber in return, like he runs a house call app on his phone that allows him to close out the transaction completely. And if it's an emergency, we can get someone immediately. And then in other categories, you can also schedule someone for a future date. And what markets are you in right now? So we are exclusively in San Diego market. Uh, all the team is um, ex-Qualcomm folks. And, and the goal is basically to just try and get the model, the business model around customer lifetime value down and working great in the San Diego market and then look to expand it to new markets. Uh, but within the San Diego market, we're, ex- we're fairly exhaustive from a, from a vertical perspective. So we cover everything from plumbing, carpet cleaning, um, uh, general contracting, window washing, geek squad type stuff. So kind of anything that you might need done in your house, we've covered. So we chose uh, strategically to be deep on categories, but narrow on geography right now. So you guys have the classic chicken the egg problem um, to your marketplace. How did you guys approach this at the beginning? Yeah, so um, the... Generically, the, the demand side is just orders of magnitude harder than the supply side, but the supply side is a necessary precursor. So I'd say even though there's chicken and egg, if you don't have anybody that can fulfill on, on what someone orders, then you, it doesn't matter if you can get someone to order. So you've you got to go after the supply side first. And where we entered, we're just a bunch of like nerds from... Uh, software backgrounds. We had zero credibility with uh, you know, like your local plumber, or your local handyman. Mm-hmm. So, so actually, to like to very first get started, we just we just put ourselves on the platform as the supply in Geek Squad capacity. And um, so we're like massive advocates of like ship early and ship often. Um, and so it was like our friends and friends of friends who started to book us just to fix their wireless network and, and they'd have us come over. Um, 
the app wouldn't necessarily work. We would just say, oh, just don't worry about that app thing. Um, but I'll still fix your Wi-Fi for free. So <laughs> we got the supply side started with ourselves. And then, and then, like literally, it was uh, calling, uh, cherry picking folks off of like the be- like the websites that that seemed to be uh, where people had the best ratings, and like personal networks of people that you knew that might be a handyman. And then I, I mean, I kid you not, I'd like drive out to uh, like Rancho Bernardo um, and have lunch, buy lunch for uh, a handyman, just so that he could feel that it was honest and it was real. And uh, then once we got that, like, and I just point to, like, look, there's other people doing it. It just so happened to be that those other people were us. Um, and and then once we made, like, real deposits into their bank account, then the supply side became relatively um, more easy to go after because these folks, they all know one another. And largely in this industry, like, the the job of one profession leads to the job of another. So, like, if you have an electrician come in to s- install a new outlet, he's going to leave holes in your drywall. So, you need, and he doesn't do that. Um, so, there's already really good professional networks that exist amongst these folks. And so long as we kind of proved our worth to one, we started to get a cascade of um, additional folks from complementary industries. Um, so, like the chicken and egg, the supply side was like hard because we really. Like seriously, had no credibility to start, but once we could, basically, once we paid people, then that became more easy than the demand side. And this isn't something that you guys just did in the early days. I'm looking at the app right now to install a Sonos music system, and there's two pros, and it's two of the founders. Yeah. So to this day, you guys hustle in every way. It looks like when you want to expand the product into a new space where there's no supply you just fill that gap as long as you need to and you've done the same thing on the the demand side in terms of doing whatever it takes to recruit people to use the app what are some of the early uh things you did to get traction from from the demand side sure um so it seemed like at the very earliest it was it was literally like just leaning on our friends and our family and saying like thou thou must because if you don't like we're all headed to the poorhouse, um, but like that I mean that had like a real and positive effect because then they would tell someone else about it. Um, one thing that we've noted in this space that we're in, I think everyone's had like a, a, a terrible experience and a great experience with someone that's coming to your house and perform some service. And uh, usually the great experience is just marked by like how many bad ones you've had because it, it was described to me once as like it's like Russian roulette when you have someone come over and you're like oh, either they're going to be really great but most of the times it's you don't even want to talk about what happened. Um, you felt like they ripped you off. You weren't quite sure of what they actually did was what they said that they were going to do and you don't understand like why like they charged you what they did relative to what you saw done. Um, so like building some like strong word of mouth referrals was essential. Uh, but that only took us, you know, to the like, uh, people that we knew plus the people that they knew that would extend us that amount of trust because we still like, we're, we're going into someone's house and we might literally like, you know, burn it down. Um, which is a big problem. Uh, if, if that happens. So there's yeah. only so far that, you know, maybe like maybe my best friend's friend will, will have someone that we recommend come over. But like that next, that next tier out is, it's not happening uh, because of the gravity of what might happen. And then especially us, you mentioned us getting out there. Like we've, what we found in, in us getting out is that um, a number of our customers were, were women and moms 
Um, and and when we when we actually go out, we we can kind of discern what's important to them. And one thing that was important to them was to know who was coming over, um, because it's just it's it's like it's intimidating to have someone come in your house. Um, and they, we were told often that like women would invite their friends over for just a very short period of time before someone in the service industry would come over. And if everything looked okay, they'd say, thanks for coming over. Nice seeing you. Haven't chatted in a while, even though they were only there for three minutes. Um, and so we needed to like break out of our own, um, ability to refer people through people we knew. Um, and then the next stage of the evolution was, um, basically like stunts and gimmicks, and like, although we were, you, you know, like now looking back on it, it's kind of embarrassing, but I think it was still like a pretty necessary step along the way because we, you know, we'll get to where we got today, but there's still like a, uh, a matter of, you know, we wanted to ship the product. The product doesn't do everything that it says it does. Um, and yet how do we, uh, preserve a, a like a good customer experience even though we know like we know in our hearts that our product's not good enough to live up to the expectation at the stage it's at because we just don't have enough money we haven't spent enough time fixing all the things that we know need to be fixed um, and then it got to be more okay how do we live within that limitation and create a, like a really awesome experience for someone um, given those constraints so like the the, the worst or best of it, depending on how you count it, was um, this was around Christmas time, and uh, and effectively the the house call platform just is if someone has a need at a stationary location and then someone's around that can deliver on that need, then our software can stitch that together. Um, so what we did is we uh, we started to deliver Christmas trees dressed as giant elves, and we have we have one member of our team who's six eight. So when I say giant, I mean bulging elves. Um, <laughs> And, and we delivered the Christmas trees for the same price as you might otherwise pick them up at the tree lot. So for, for people that were like, don't have a, a car or don't want to scratch up their roof or it's just, an, um, they're actually like, they're, this might seem ironic, but they're, they're past the stage at which it's magical to take your kids to go get the tree. Um, <laughs> and, and it's, it's more routine. Then we, we started to get like pretty good response on that. And, and then it was kind of funny but also cute that like a big elf would deliver your tree. And so with that, we started to play and we found that um, we could sell that to mommy bloggers. Um, and we, for them, we, we contacted a bunch of mommy bloggers in the San Diego area and we said, hey, like we will bring you your Christmas tree to your house dressed as a massive elf. And um, because, we, you know, mommy blogger, we know you have kids, then your kids can experience the delivery of the tree it's a, and it becomes like better than Santa and NORAD. It's like the, the uh, like house call equivalent um, where like we, someone would push a button and then you'd see this uh, elf en route and the kids, we have pictures of it, like with them holding an iPad watching their Christmas tree to be delivered. And then sure enough, like the doorbell rings and then there's this massive elf with the tree who comes in and sets it up. And so like, you know, the there was a ton of stuff missing in the product that couldn't actually deliver on a plumber fixing your toilet and like needing to put additional parts that were necessary in the job line items because we just didn't have the ability to add more stuff. But on the simplistic use case of like, we'll just like deliver a tree to someone and charge them. Um, it kind of, it fit well. Um, <clears throat> and it gave us that ability to like, like, it, like for the mommy bloggers, they loved it. Cause it like, it really like 
it like hit the magic of what Christmas was supposed to be in real life um, because our app is just has a massive real life component and then it caused them to tell a lot of other people about it so that was going into the stunts and gimmicks phase and we did that for a couple other things like we did um, then we, we just like returned and picked up your tree uh, for a dollar um, just to get more people to use the app for a really really low price and then that was that was us, the founders, who are doing all of that, um, like driving around one of our other team members' minivans. Like we've we've like basically ruined that car. Um, <laughs> it's like it, it it literally it still has pine needles in it. it um, it's awesome. This is the kind of thing that you're never gonna. It's creativity mixed with trying to find traction, and at this stage, it's kind of what you got to do. And no one's gonna tell you to do it. You have to figure right. it out. Yeah. yeah. So I'm actually it, curious. Doing the things like delivering the Christmas tree dressed like an elf and personally going and setting up someone's Wi-Fi and things like that, um, that's all great to get started, especially in your local market. But what have you really learned so far that's going to help you scale as you expand? Um, I'd say the, the most important thing is uh, we, we learned better about what our customers want by doing those things because you get out and you naturally have a conversation with people and then they tell you what's important in the product. So you're not guessing. Um, and then the secondarily it's, you know, on the professional tool side, the product, you know, we weren't ourselves previously plumbers or electricians. So we had like no like real world, like no empathy about what it took to do their job. And then doing it ourselves, we learned the workflows. We also like um, have shadowed a bunch of the professionals on jobs just to see how the workflow works. Um, <clears throat> but so the, those early things were necessary to actually understand and get product market fit in a space in which we don't have credibility but to bring like the to bring to bear what we're actually like technically talented at which is pretty quick software development um and then the uh the the next thing though is like at, from a scaling perspective um in this space there's not like it's more it's process based scaling it's not like technical scaling um because you know we're not we're not a fire hose that is twitter we will never like we will never worry about like can our systems handle the amount of um, traffic. So it's not like a technical scaling. It's more like okay, so how do you actually go and start a city from scratch? And what are the important verticals that matter? Um, and us getting out in people's houses, we'd ask them each of them like okay, what are three things that you need to get done in your house that you've just put off because um, it was just too much of a hassle to take care of. And we made a massive database of like, here's the actual things that people would spend money on if it were easy. And then we went and recruited um, that type of supply to start. Um, and then we now have a fairly good appreciation for like, what's the total quantity of electricians that you need on the platform to make it work well? Cow carpet cleaners, et cetera. Like, do you, do you need someone who's a roofer at all? Um, and it helps you when you start a new platform, like make the decisions on where to focus um, so that when and it was it was once described to me when you're building a marketplace you kind of have um, 
you have a, like two sides of a bar that you're pushing on, like one's the demand side and one's the supply side, and you can't push either um, too far out of alignment with the other. So you know you might be tempted to like say, okay, I need to go get like you know lots of um, <clears throat> window washers on the platform, whereas like it, you don't know that until you go test it on the demand side. <clears throat> so that's the learnings that we got out of doing these things because like one thing like begat like our like foray into the next so we, we ask like go into a house figure out what you need it's not really a Christmas tree like, what you really need is to get your windows washed because you haven't done it in two years then we can go get a window washer guy because we at least know that we have some semblance of demand for that and we know where to spend our time yeah totally so going forward from here what are you guys doing now to you know enter a new phase of traction and growth within this market yeah <clears throat> so we uh so one of the the so we're mobile only um we we did have prior to an android client uh the ability to order service on the website but we actually turned that off when uh when we got our android client done not because we we don't think that no one's ever going to order from the web but just because it's our it's our core expertise and we need to focus on what we're good at um, and so with that, then you're kind of faced with, so how do you get an app down on someone's phone um, and how do you get them to, to keep it and, and use it um, where, you know, most apps like their average shelf life on your phone is under 10 days where people download it, check it out and delete it. Um, and the ability to um, like, like cause that download is actually really, it's really difficult uh, relative to how, how difficult it is to get someone to go to a web page, um, just inherent because the the internet has the ability to like send you from one link to another, and then when you're getting when you when you flip over to the app realm, you got to get them to download, and that download is just it's just a pain. Um, <clears throat> so we we've been doing a, a lot of things where like it, when we're most effective is when the the service that we offer just uniquely can solve some real problem that you have in the moment, and you think of us. Um, so we, we actually iterated through, um, channels like Google AdWords, uh, and then Facebook advertising for mobile app installs and then real world stuff. And the real world stuff has actually proved most effective, but I'll, I'll hit the, the former two just real quick. So in, uh, in Google AdWords, um, one thing that we quickly found is like, it was just massively unprofitable for us to try to chase, uh, um, clicks because like it surprisingly, Something like Carlsbad Plumber um, as a keyword will cost you like thirty to forty dollars for the click. It's insane. It is insane, and um, it's all and those that's damn SEO agencies. You, you know, it's like it's like a, it's it's a it's a combination of a lot of things. Um, one of the things is like how um, how uh, opaque pricing is in things like plumbing, and that you're you're largely you're just getting ripped off. Um, and that's that someone can actually afford to swallow that amount on a click, um, even even given that they may not actually get the job. Um, but one way you, might, you kind of look at it is like Google a cost per click is roughly equivalent to someone's customer acquisition cost. So in this case, like a, your local plumbing aggregator um, that's relatively well sized in a region can can easily swallow like. 30 or 40 bucks on a job because when they actually get on site to do the work, there's a lot of upselling that takes place. 
And then the average job size is in the like, you know, $500 to $600 range. And so they're able to like accommodate that. But if you look at us, like we are not the entity that receives the full amount of the payment uh, for the job. We just receive a portion thereof. Um, and then we pass it along the rest to like independent service professionals. So that 30 to $40 per click, I mean, it basically just eats straight into like all of our margin, leaving us with nothing. Um, and then trying to recoup on like subsequent use of that user. So that channel for us just like quickly proved really um, costly and and not that effective in converting to mobile. Um, so we we then we started to experiment a lot on Facebook from a mobile ad uh, or a mobile install uh, advertising perspective, and that works pretty good. Um, especially like one of the things that's worked well for us is um, Facebook. Uh, has uh, custom audiences that you can upload. Um, so once you start to identify who your demographic is, um, uh, one of the tricks we've learned is like try to upload them as a custom audience and then create ads where you can get arbitrage from a pricing perspective where you try to create an ad that will, that will appear in someone you think is in your demographics feed many, many times but with low call to action on it um, because they, they you can get like pricing on a cost per click, but you just going after more of a display type ad to get recall. Um, so that with that, we could like stay in top of mind for the customers that we did have frequently, even though we knew that they're not going to necessarily click on our ads in Facebook because they already know about us. It's more just to like stay present and then you're paying more cost per click rates, but your objective is more display. Um, so we found that to be pretty effective on Facebook to drive awareness um, amongst people who had heard about us and then to tell someone else because they like perceptually they thought we were bigger than we actually were. Mm-hmm. Um, and then though we like started to drive uh, volume through Facebook and we, we found that we like from an install perspective with new users and we found that we were mostly getting crowded out by games companies Um <clears throat> so regardless of how much we tried to spend, we could get our cost per install down pretty well, but we, uh, we didn't drive the volumes that we wanted. Um, and you know, we don't have like perfect insight, but I think we, we kind of attribute it more to like the clash of clans is can drive a lot of installs in your newsfeed. Cause you're in there, you're kind of screwing around. You're not really thinking about like, Hey, what kind of electrician do I want? Um, and so because they can drive more installs, that Facebook's getting paid more money. Um, so we are getting crowded out from a volume perspective on that Facebook channel. So we still do it, but I wouldn't say it was like any kind of um, panacea that we that we hoped it would be relative to like traditional uh, web based um, uh, basically lead gen. Yeah. Um, and then and then so I don't know if you want like any any we want to talk about that anymore because then I was just going to move on to like our then the next and then the next and the next thing we kept trying. Well, what's the uh, what are you most hopeful for? We were talking about looking at ways, you know, offline ways to take advantage of people's networks, um, which which seems really interesting and something that people don't think about or touch on in tech. So, what are you guys doing going forward with uh, like real estate agents? Yeah, yeah, I think so. When we try to like go back and attribute um, all of our uh, users and, and installs, um, most of them continue to come from. Uh, word of mouth and offline and then so we try to like drill into okay so where can you aggregate 
demand in offline channels and you know our product is it's home services so it's like it's the highest of tech and like the lowest of tech industries um, and so a lot of the stuff is still just like hey you need you, you ask someone do you know a great electrician um, and and then what we sort of find is that that when when someone tends to um, uh, move into a new house is when they start to basically like try to get uh, like a list of the people that are going to service the things that they need done in their home. And then more often than not, not always, but more often than not, that initial set comes from from someone's realtor. Um, so we started to do like iterate the product towards basically mimicking some of those offline referral networks where we, we partner with uh, real estate agents um, and we give them mechanisms inside the app that help them complete the home sales transaction in a, like a more modern way. Um, and then in doing so, we also pull through all of their recommended um, vendor networks, basically like the, the professionals that they would recommend after you moved into a house or if you're, you're selling and you need to like dress it up and you're like, hey, I really think that this wall that you thought was awesome in like hot tuna really needs to be white. Um, otherwise, no one's going to buy this place. Um, that type of activity we could pull together and we saw like higher frequency uh, during a sale. Um, and we then with that, we have a, a channel that has a reason to promote house call to their clients on our behalf and drive more people in the door. Um, and then we actually make their job a little bit easier because some of these things that they had otherwise say like, oh, yeah, just go call this guy. We, we, we make that a lot easier to actually do the transaction piece of it. Um, and we kind of continued to look for, like, push that, um, that channel a little bit further because it seemed to bear a lot of fruit, um, where now we're also partnering with realtors and home inspection companies, um, because you need to do a home inspection when you get, when you purchase a house. And then in doing the home inspection, you actually have like experts identify all the things that you need to, uh, to fix or replace in the house. So that th those like real world networks where like they aggregate some amount of the demand or purchasing decisions about these things that you're going to do um, from a time or a frequency standpoint, we found it to be pretty good and better than say like waiting for the next time some homeowner just happens to have like a, a toilet that's overflowing. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like the perfect channel you're getting not only new people to use house call, you're getting realtors aware of it, and you're also taking the people that realtors used to refer people to and maybe, you know, connecting them with the app to become on the supply side or become vendors. So that's super interesting. It's been really cool to hear about all the different things that you guys are doing and how you're approaching a, a marketplace, an offline, non-technical app. So for anyone that wants to keep up with you online, where can they do that with you and house call? Uh, yeah, so the uh, the best way is just to download our app. Like this is again like I'm, I'm, um, first thing we try to get people to download the app. But it's just House Call, uh, all one word on either Android or iOS. And then um, and then another place you can just find read up more about it is our website, which is try t r y tryhousecall.com. Awesome! Thanks for coming on. Thank you, Matt. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Rocket Ship Podcast. If you enjoyed it, we have tons of other awesome episodes on our website. Check them out, rocketship.fm.
And while you're there, make sure you sign up for our newsletter, where twice monthly we send out actionable advice for entrepreneurs and exclusive links to AMAs with our guests. That's rocketship.fm. Sign up today.